This teaching comes to you from the team at St Mark's Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. Right, we might get started. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, everyone on um, who's watching us online. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers. Um, it's a wonderful day to remember our mothers. All of us have had a mother. But it, I think we need to remember that it can be a bittersweet day for some. There's people who've lost their mums either this year or previously. There's um, parents, mums that have lost their children and they grieve on a day such as this. And there's people that have never had the chance to be a mum. And we need to remember that Yes, we are celebrating our mums, but there's a lot of people involved in um, thinking about this day in different ways. When I was preparing for today, I thought about that, the fact that we um, have this wonderful celebration that started early last century in the US and has gone round the world. But one, there's wonderful mothers in the Bible, and one of those was Hannah. Her son, Samuel, was a great leader in Israel, um, he um, anointed the first two kings of Israel. But she was childless for many years and God promised her a son and she gave that son back to God and he became the wonderful person he was. And after she um, had um, given him back to the Lord, she um, said a prayer which is in 1 Samuel ch chapter 2. Now I'm not going to read the whole prayer out, but the first two verses are lovely. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my, derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Let's just pray before we move into music. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us today, here today. We thank you for mothers. Um, all of us have had a mother and we thank you for the role they've played in our lives. We also ask you to be with those who've lost children or who don't, who've lost their mum or who've never had the chance to be a mum and grieve that. Be with us today as we worship. Open our minds to um, hear your word in your name. Amen. Now there's some changes with music. Um, Georgina, who's normally with us, is sick today. So we're blessed with Simon and his lovely trumpet. So he's going to carry the um, tune for us. We're not allowed to sing, so um, uh, you can say the words of the hymns, or um, and, but there is no singing and we've got to have masks as well. So um, hand it over to Simon and Sophie.
Good morning, everyone. Our first Bible reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be reading from chapter 5, and we'll be reading verses 38 to 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For you, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? But if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all here today and, and at home. The second reading is on parental advice and comes from Proverbs 4, verses 1 to 27. Listen, children, to a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good, good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and my mother's favourite, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And what else, whatever else you get, Get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honour you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a fair garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear my child and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not go on to it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. 
The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what they stumble over. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from your crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name's Tim Escott. I'll be bringing us the word from Proverbs 4 this morning. So let's pray. Gracious God, your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. So today, when we hear your voice, deliver us from hardness of heart. Help us to put away everything that keeps us from persevering in your way. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, how do you know when you're making the right choice? You know when you have two options in front of you and you just can't decide which way to go? I find this really hard, actually. Sometimes in life I hit those moments and it's just impossible to know what to choose. The burger or the steak? I'm terrible to be in a restaurant with. Uh, when we've, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs for the last couple of months, and it's all about wisdom, about making right and wise choices in life. But the, one of the issues that's come up a couple of times is when you're in that moment and you really do face a real decision, how can you be sure that you're getting it right, that you're being wise and not being foolish? Well, Proverbs might be a good place to start. It's a collection of short, pithy statements to guide you. And of course, as the rest of the Bible, uh, culminating in Jesus' own teaching and from our Christian perspective, that's the place to go for ultimate wisdom. And so we just kind of bring that to mind and then act on it, right? Well, the problem is that when you're in that moment, doing that really is impossible, to marshal all that information quickly enough to integrate it together in light of your particular situation and everything that you know about the world, and then to actually want to put it into practice. If that's what living wisely involves, and that just sounds impossible. And so when we're in those moments, how do we make the right decision? The image in Proverbs, though, isn't so much about having the right verse for the right moment. Wisdom is deeper and thicker than that. It's more about cultivating a wise character and mind and life and practice that's connected with God and with the world. So that when you face those moments, making the right decision is something of an intuition and an instinct. And so if this is what we need, a wise character and instinct, it, this sounds even more challenging. So how do we get it? Well, in Proverbs 4, the place to begin 
is to pursue wisdom with everything you've got. Listen, children, to a father's instruction, begins the chapter. It's actually not likely that we're listening into an actual father uh, having a chat with his kids. It's a literary device used in a lot of ancient wisdom texts. And what it does is it draws us in and invites us to listen to these words as kids listen to their parents. Now, kids don't always listen, but there's something about kids that when they really want to know something, they will come to you and ask, and then they will really listen and soak it in like sponges. And so if you want to be wise, you need to start with being like a child, opening yourself yourself humbly to God's instruction, listening wide-eyed to his Proverbs, to his law, and especially to the teaching of Jesus. And we need to go after it with full attention and concentration. Listen, the Father says in verse 1. Be attentive. Pay close attention with your ears and your eyes ready, brow furrowed, pupils dilated, head cocked. Do you have things in life that just absorb your attention and make the time just fly by? A gripping novel that you just can't put down or time in the garden or a craft or building project, playing or listening to music. This is the attention that wisdom demands. It's easy to be casual about God's instructions. You know, on a Sunday morning, it's pretty nice to have a feel-good sermon you don't have to think too hard about. But wisdom, the picture here, is straining with all our energy and attention pouring over Christ's instruction at church or in connect groups or with a friend, when you wake, when you sleep, exerting ourselves, hearing it, to understand it and live it. And so pursuing wisdom with everything we've got, it's like kids listening, it's about giving undivided attention, and it's also just about grasping after it. Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, he says, Get wisdom! Whatever else you get, get insight. We humans, we're a bit like liar birds. We love acquiring things. I had a music teacher once who, when you walked into his studio, the walls were covered from ceiling to floor, end to end, with records. Records and CDs. It was quite overwhelming. It felt like it was about to this wall of sound drop on you. But we, we like to collect and acquire Music, maybe, or books, but also skills for life, skills for business, travel experiences, achievements and successes to notch them up, family memories. These things, they get into our minds and we daydream about them and we aim at getting just one more. This is how to treat wisdom. What is it that you collect and aim for? that you daydream about and wish for. Now, many of these things are fine. But if you want to be wise, wisdom from God is the first on this list. And pursuing wisdom with everything we've got is also like lovers cultivating their affection for each other. Wisdom is like, it's pictured as a woman who a young man needs to adore. Verse 6, don't forsake her, love her. Prize her highly. 
and embrace her. When I prepared couples to be married, in our last session we talk about uh, the cultivating a lifelong marriage, a long and successful marriage. And one of the crucial ingredients is that couples cultivate affection even when the feelings wane. Like any relationship, it's true of any relationship or friendship, when you invest in it and treat it with care and attention and love, it blossoms. Now, hearing and keeping God's commandments doesn't sound very romantic or sexy. And the Bible is uh, kind of a bit cold and straight and shapeless. But if you want to live a wise life, that's the love affair to have. Not just kind of dry precepts, but to the loving words of God in Jesus Christ and to be devoted to living them out. To cultivate a life of wisdom, we need to get after it with everything that we've got. That doesn't really fix our problem, does it? Because this kind of energy and, and enthusiasm, it's pretty hard to sustain. It's easy to lose it. You know, there's only so much willpower and energy you can keep exerting. Is it really possible to keep going with that kind of attention? Well, there's an additional approach, approach, and that's introduced in verse 11. The father says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. And sometimes it feels like every decision is like a crossroads. We're at a new place. We have a new decision to make, kind of in, a, in, the, in the middle of a vacuum. Which road will I take this time, the wise road or the foolish road? But the image in Proverbs is that there are two main roads that each of us already live on, a wise road and a foolish road. And at some point, we will make a fundamental decision about which road we will be on. And that more fundamental road gives direction and forward movement to every other decision that we make, every other crossroad. And so when you're on the wise road, wisdom comes more naturally. And when you're on the foolish road, foolishness is second nature. And so the most important question, if you're wanting to make the right decision, the most important question isn't, what decision am I going to make now? But which road am I on to begin with? If you want to make a wise decision, you need to walk on the path of wisdom. This means three quick things. First, if you want wisdom from God, you need to make sure that you are on the right road. Uh, when we were living in northern England not long ago, we decided to go on a bit of an adventure. We got all six of us into a Corolla station wagon and uh, drove to Croatia and back, not in one go, uh, over the course of six weeks. And uh, on our way back, we, we decided to drive from Paris back up to Durham in the north of England in a day. And so we drove to uh, the coast in France and then went across on the ferry and that was all fine. We got to Dover down in the south and we set off to make the drive north past London. And what I didn't realise was how crucial it was to be on the right road. All the traffic from the south needed to converge onto this massive crossing to cross the Thames. 
and I missed it. And we were stuck in traffic for hours that afternoon because I took the wrong road. I, I don't think I've ever been so frustrated and angry before in my life. Uh, the road rage was... And in the last couple of hours that night, I felt like I was driving a pillow. It was time for Naomi to take over. If you want to be wise, you need to make sure that you're on the wise road. And the way to get onto the wise road is to begin by fearing the Lord. And that's the message we've been seeing come up again and again in Proverbs. The way to begin for wisdom is fearing the Lord, humbly obeying and trusting Jesus Christ. His is the road to be on. He is the source of the very order of creation. He is the ultimate wisdom teacher. And he's the one, when we act like fools, when we make the wrong decision, he forgives us, he renews us, and he welcomes us and empowers us to keep going on that wise road. And so if you're here today and you haven't taken that step, then I urge you, trust in him and live his way and he will be your life. The second point about being on the wise road is that if you're on the road, it gets easier. Look at how verse 12 puts it. Your steps won't be hampered and you won't stumble. And in verse 18, the path is like the light of the dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until the full day. As you walk along the path of wisdom, it gets easier. It might start out difficult, but as you go, you learn the track. You become adept at picking out the way, at making the steps that won't twist your ankle. You internalize God's instructions and you, as you practice living it out in the world, your intuition grows and you learn to become more and more wise. And so if you're on that wise road and it feels a bit bumpy, stick at it because through God's power, God's spirit in you, it gets, it gets easier. And third, if you're on the wise road, watch out that you don't take a foolish path off it. And this is what the father warns his children. He says, don't take that path because it isn't so sure. Once you're on the wicked path, doing wrong and violence is all too easy. Verse 16, they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they've made someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence. And the picture here is that it's a downward addictive spiral. Your conscience becomes seared. Your appetite for it grows and grows. Now, in our polite middle class culture, you might not fall into a gang of, become part of a gang of robbers or something that Proverbs tends to put it. But there is much among us that takes hold and becomes compulsive, harboring jealousy or bitterness, the love of money or prestige, secret relationships, the rush of using our power and words against others or even the life of family work friends and holidays but with no reference to our god and savior and the question is whether we will stay on the wise road or leave it this is especially true i think in life transitions finishing school getting married moving jobs or cities having kids retiring these are points where there is a renewed chance to ask, 
Will I stay on this path of wisdom or take this little path off track? Will I follow this path? Will I keep fearing the Lord, listening and living out his instructions? Now, if you're in a transition like this, it's crucial that you see this as an opportunity to reaffirm yourself on the right path, to stay there, keep fearing the Lord, keep meeting with God's people, keep hearing the word of God, straining to live it out with wisdom in your new circumstance. Don't take the dark road. If you want to be wise, you need to make sure that you're on the wise road of following Jesus Christ and doing everything you can to stay there. So if we're doing all we can, straining towards it, if we're on the wise road, how do we stay on it? How do we develop a wise character and intuition so that when we're in those moments, we can make wise decisions? Well, the third and final section of this chapter urges us to keep practicing wisdom with all of our body and mind and senses. We don't grow in wisdom by listening to sermon, just listening to sermons or sitting, believe it or not, or sitting around pontificating or simply reading books or even watching and weighing others. Wisdom begins with the fear of God, but it's a practical skill. We develop it like building a muscle or learning any other skill or developing a callus. We hear his wisdom and instructions we experience the world around us and we put it into practice and we learn from that as we make right decisions and as we make wrong ones. A few years ago, the kids started learning piano and uh, so I thought I would too. You know, sometimes I'd say, I wish I could play the piano and I kind of sit and look at it from a distance. But to learn it, I actually had to practice it. And practicing, it's not... It's something that you have to do with all of your body and your mind and senses. I needed to get in there. My teacher always said, get your hands into the keys. You need to feel the keys. Hear the notes with your ears. Read the music. Visualize the keyboard. Get your fingers going. Work up a sweat and feel the music. And it's like that with wisdom. We're told in verse 20, incline your ear to the sayings. Keep them in your sight and in your heart. Now, I think our tendency is to kind of is to read this and just uh, think of it metaphorically or spiritually. But this is very concrete and physical and bodily. If you want to internalize God's wisdom, you need to hear it, listen to it in church, audio books, online sermons, and you need to see it, read it in your own Bible. Copy out important bits, stick them on your fridge and have it in your heart. Internalize it, memorize it. And it's similar with then living out wisdom. Verse 24 talks about actually putting away crooked speech and devious talk because superficial habits of the way that we speak actually solidifies into how we think and then how we speak naturally. Cynical comments, fashionable grumbles, half-truths. These things harden into well-established habits of thought and speech. 
So instead, we need to deliberately form habits of loving and wise speech, giving thanks and encouraging others, giving thanks to God, so that in those moments you can reply with words of grace. Now, this is one of the this is part of the power of when we come to church of using things like set liturgy, like confessions and uh, and thanksgivings, and you singing the same kinds of songs again and again. These positive patterns of speech form us and shape us about how we think about ourselves, how we think about God, and then so how we live in the world. And in verse 25, we need to look, use our eyes, look in the right places and in the right direction. So if you want to, for example, if you want to cultivate contentment, place to look, isn't it? Real estate, fashion or car magazines. I need to not look when my neighbour drives into his driveway in his Aston Martin. That's a beautiful car. That's what ads are all about. They're putting these images in front of us, telling us that full life is found in what they're selling us. Instead, we need to look at truly beautiful things, the faces of people you love, God's good creation quality books and magazines and websites that don't breed discontent. Pay attention and watch for people and opportunities to do good. And finally, verse 26, keep your feet on the right path. If you want to live wisely in God's world, why visit dark places that want to draw you in? Practice going to and being in places that enable you to live well. Being wise requires us to practice wisdom with all of our body, our mind, and our senses. So God calls us to live wisely. But we don't do it by trying to just kind of know it all and get everything right in the right moment. Instead, God wants us to come to him and cultivate a wise life mind and character by his power to pursue wisdom with everything we've got to make sure we're on the right path trusting jesus christ fearing the lord and to practice wisdom with all of our bodies every part of our life and so grow in maturity wisdom instinct and intuition living god's good way in god's world amen Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources and find more information about the community of St Mark's.